Well, uh, let's talk legal matters now. And uh, when you're young and healthy, the thought of organising a will or assigning someone to have control of your financial or personal welfare is far from your mind. But it might pay to investigate these matters just in case you're in an accident which could make you incapable of making future financial decisions or even decisions about your health. Well, today we've got a resident lawyer in the studio, Andrew Andreev, who's the principal of Andreev Doman and who, as I mentioned, is our resident lawyer. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Annabelle. Now, why is it important? Let's talk, we're talking about uh, the power of attorney. Why yep. is it important to have up-to-date powers as, as well as having a will? Well, it's really about you deciding who's going to make decisions for you if you're not able to make those decisions for yourself. So people often think about wills, which of course only come into effect if you're dead. Um, but quite often there's a period between you just being a normal healthy person and dying when um, decisions need to be made. And if you don't have these instruments in place, then um, you can really make life difficult for I guess both yourself, but also more importantly, um, your family and friends who need to get things done during that time. Mm. Uh, if you'd like to ask uh, Andrew a question, happy to take your calls on this, one 800 or you can text in a question on 0467-922-891. Andrew Andreev, uh, there are several types of power of attorney, I understand. Well, that's right. Yeah, there's actually four different documents uh, that you can put in place and they, they do different things. So. Um, the one that uh, a lot of people are familiar with is the enduring power of attorney or power of attorney and that, that really relates to your financial and um, legal and property affairs but uh, there's other ones. There's the enduring power of appointment of guardianship um, which is really about your lifestyle and health matters so the person who's appointed can make decisions about where you live and what sort of medical treatment you have. Okay. There's a couple, there's actually, oh, sorry, there's, there's actually two more that uh, some people look to put into place which is a specific medical power of attorney um, and then there's also finally um, an anticipatory directive or direction, which is um, really about how you would like your life ended um, if you're in a um, terminal illness. Well, why don't we focus on the financial side of things first and then we'll talk about the health matters afterwards. Sure. So when it comes to the general power or the enduring power of attorney, what does that person have the power to do? Well, they have the power to deal with your property and make decisions in relation to your legal affairs so they can operate your bank account. Uh, they can transfer property, um, they can make financial decisions about changing investments um, and also simple things like um, uh, dealing with your phone account or um, your electricity supply, that sort of thing. So that's, that, that it's also important, um, you've mentioned two types, there's the power of attorney and then there's the enduring power of attorney. So the power of attorney is the normal one. Um, you can actually, the person who you appoint can act on your behalf even if you have mental capacity. So you might be overseas or interstate mm. or something like that. The enduring power of attorney is the one that takes effect or continues to be in effect if you lose mental capacity and you can't make those decisions yourself anymore. And so that, that attorney or general power of attorney or enduring power of attorney, can it be a family member or friend or... Uh, yes, certain you can, restrictions there. Um, well, in relation to the power of attorney, that's right, it can be a family, a friend or a professional advisor. Um, th there's you've pretty much got uh, a wide open choice there. There are some, some restrictions in relation to the healthcare ones that we can talk about later. Okay. But what happens, doesn't it exclude some people who have a vested interest in your affairs? Like if you're in business with someone in particular, they can't be your power of attorney, can they? Uh, they can, actually, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, the power of attorney is... is quite a, a broad instrument and you can you can choose what you would like to do um, and you can put restrictions on that um, and obviously um, although you've got a wide choice of who you can appoint 
and choosing that person is really important to make sure that uh, that you have chosen someone who is less likely to have a conflict of interest in that regard um, and also someone who's capable of making those decisions. Okay, George has called in on one eight hundred triple two eight nine one. George, what's your question? Yes, I think one of the things that worries me, uh, not specifically me, but in general about this, is that you appoint uh, somebody with a, an enduring power of attorney. Uh, I'd be much happier if one could appoint, say, three people, uh, and the majority opinion would would have to uh, have to reply. Because uh, you know, things can happen to individuals, there can be conflicts of interest, and uh, just the appointment of one individual only uh, to hold all that power always seems to me uh, slightly inequitable or rather worrying, if you like, uh, for the future. Mm. So what do you think is a, a good thing to do there, Andrew? Is it to have numerous people or just one? Yeah, well, I think that there's, there's two aspects to that. Um, you can appoint multiple people at the same time, which is a good idea to address the concerns of the listener. Um, it's also important to think about alternates. So let's say you appoint one person and that person can't act or is no longer around, then it's a good idea to have a backup or alternate. Um, that's in addition to perhaps having two or three people um, acting. But one thing to think about if you are appointing multiple attorneys at the same time, um, depending on how you word the document, it may be that they all need to participate in all the decisions and sign the document. So if you've got children who are interstate or there's two or three people that you've named, each of those people will first of all need to be involved in the decision, but secondly might need to do the formalities associated with exercising that power, which can slow things down. You've got documents flying all around Australia or, or I've even seen instances where people have appointed people um, who might not even be in the jurisdiction, so that can that can cause issues as well. So have you actually seen or noticed fights in the group if you've got numerous people working on one thing? Sorry, seen fights? Can, can, you know, can you see problems with that working, like fights in the group? Um, well, you need to clearly set out the, the way the decisions um, are to be made. Sometimes it actually is a good idea to have multiple people. Let's say you've got three children. You might want to have all three children acting and require all three to agree um, so that you don't um, have the opportunity for, say, two to make a decision that um, the other one might not agree with. Mm -hmm. um, so you really need to look at the particular circumstances of um, your own circumstances and, and also the circumstances of the people that you're appointing and make sure that, that you make those decisions carefully and think about those sort of things that, that can potentially go wrong. We're speaking to Andrew Andreev, who's our resident lawyer in the studios in Adelaide at the moment, welcoming your calls. If you've got a call, a question for Andrew, you can call on 1800 222 or you can text on 0467 922 Andrew, let's talk about uh, making decisions about your welfare and, and medical treatment. Treatment. You did mention um, some of the powers of attorney in relation to that. Uh, you mentioned it was a guardian of some sort. Is that isn't necessarily your next of kin, though, is it? Uh, no, the word guardian can sometimes confuse people because you know, obviously, guardian of children and those sort of things. But in this case, it's a it's a personal guardian, and they're appointed um, under an act, um, and you you do a document during power of guardianship, and you appoint them. Um, and then only in the event that you um, lose your mental capacity, that person or those persons um, can then make lifestyle and, and health-related decisions on your behalf. Mm. Now, what role does the medical power of attorney have? You did mention this before. Yeah, so there's sort of three, and that they, they're cascading. So you can have this general uh, appointment of, of guardianship, which is a very general one, which covers lifestyle and health matters. 
you can then have a more specific medical power of attorney which overrides your general power of or your general power of guardianship in relation to specific medical decisions. So you might want to have somebody making a decision about you know, what nursing home you go into or what sort of care you receive, and then you might want to appoint someone else. It might be um, you know, somebody who um, you want to make that decision about healthcare. And then you can even go further and give an advanced direction. So you're essentially making a decision yourself in relation to particular healthcare or particular circumstances that might affect you personally. Mm. Christine's called in on 1800 Christine, what's your question? Um, what I wanted to know, does, it have, does a power of attorney, any of them, have to be written by a, a, a document done by a lawyer or can it be done on a, a stat deck, maybe cited by a JP or something? Yeah, that's a good decision. Uh, good, good question, sorry. Um, it, uh, they don't need to be drafted by a lawyer and there are um, a number of places. I know that um, the Office of the Public Advocate and um, I think it services SA um, have various kits that you can purchase and you can fill them out yourself. They do need to be witnessed, uh, depending on which one it is, by people with certain qualifications. So that might be a JP um, or a solicitor and in some cases um, some of them can be signed by a, a pharmacist or a bank manager. So you really need to be careful about how they're witnessed. Um, but there is no requirement to involve a lawyer. I guess being a lawyer, um, I'd say it was a good idea to involve one because they can provide some additional advice about the circumstances that we've talked about being, you know, what's the appropriate person to appoint, what sort of limitations might you want to put in place, those sort of things. But you certainly can do it yourself and, and um, you know, that's fine. Mm. Barbara, what, what, what question do you have for Andrew? Barbara, are you there? Oh, I think we've lost Barbara. Yes, we've lost Barbara. Hello. Well, oh, she is there. Hi, Barbara. What's your question for Andrew and Rev? I'd like to know. I have a friend as a, as a uh, power of attorney, and uh, I've made a will, but I don't want that will contested. Is there any way that you can stop? Because I have heard, you know, from time to time that the family can contest the will if they don't agree to the way I've left it. Uh, good question. Yeah, it is a good question and, and it's a, a really big topic, the con contesting of wills. Um, the power of attorney won't really impact that at all because when you die, any power of attorney or enduring power of attorney you've appointed is terminated at that time and your will then comes into effect and, and then it's subject to uh, potential challenges and those sort of things. So um, it's probably a topic we'll leave for another day, I think, mm -hmm. as far as contesting wills. But um, uh, there are things you can do to minimise the chances of that happening. Um, but really, uh, it, it is it is hard to eliminate that risk completely. And Rosie texted in saying, um, I think it's along the same lines. Can someone challenge who you've chosen for a power of attorney or guardianship, like they can for a will? Well, no, that is that is a good question. Yes, you can. Is the short answer. If if people uh, or relevant people um, aren't happy with who you've appointed or the decisions they're making, um, then they can apply to the guardianship board to have either your decisions reviewed. Um, or even have somebody uh, replaced like the public advocate um, or a public trustee uh, in your place. It's quite a high standard to, to actually um, breach to get that, that, uh, that appointment overturned. But I think it's, it's a good side to that as well in the sense that um, if, if someone you've appointed um, isn't really acting in your best interest, it's nice to know that there is an overriding uh, authority that can look at those decisions and, and uh, make sure that it's being exercised in your best interests. Mm. How often does that actually happen? Uh, in my experience, not very often. Um, 
but um, you know there are there's some very public cases of, uh, of those sort of things uh, going on. But um, in in practice, what we see day to day, it's not very common. Usually, people make very careful decisions about who they appoint, and the people they appoint take the role very seriously. So it's not something we see too often. But what we what you can see is. Um, in, in the context where people haven't taken the time to write out and, and specify and actually do these documents, where you might have circumstances where, let's say, in a blended family, um, uh, you know, a new spouse or partner might think that they should be the person making those decisions, where the children, perhaps from a previous partnership, think they should be making the decisions. So you've got um, two different groups who might want to make those key decisions, in which case um, that would probably then be referred to the guardianship board if, if they couldn't reach that um, reach a settlement on that. Andrew Andrea, fascinating stuff. Thank you very much for joining us on Drive. And I understand you'll be back in a fortnight with Michael Smith. Sounds good. Pleasure. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. It's on Andrew Andrea, principal of Andrea Doman and uh, our resident lawyer in the ABC studios in Adelaide. And as I mentioned, he'll be back in the fortnight with Michael Smith taking all your legal questions.